The Catholics of Oz is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to episode 110 of the Catholics of Oz. The Catholics of Oz is a show where we discuss faith, culture, and what's been happening from an Aussie perspective. Whether it's synods or science, apostolates and apps, providence or productivity, you can hear it right now on The Catholics of Oz. Hello, I'm Lindsay Sands, and thank you so much for joining us for episode 110. So good to have you with us. I am joined today by my sister. This is three times in a row now, Caroline. We're doing well. All right. Amazing. We, yeah, we, we're getting close to, I think we've only got a couple of episodes left this year. Yeah. Caroline Knights, how are you this morning? I am well, thank you. The weather's warm, so I'm happy. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't hold on to that for too long because no, I've seen I know it's yeah, going to change. But for the moment, point, yeah. it's nice. Happy spring, yep. And also with us, Lido Sabal. Lido, how are you, my friend? I am doing well, guys. Hello, Lizzie. Hello, Caroline. And everyone listening all over the world. Can I say all over the world? Yeah. It's, it's amazing that we're, we're not confined by borders here. We're, yeah. I definitely not. So, yep, yep, as Caroline says, spring is actually coming. But as Melbourne is, it changes. We know the story. We know exactly, yeah, we know what you're doing to us. Yeah, Melbourne. Yeah, Melbourne. We're awesome. on to you. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yesterday it was quite warm and then it got quite cold after a storm. Yeah, cold. <laughs> yeah, it's raining. <laughs> it's yeah. Sad. Yeah. But that's quite typical yeah. as well. Yeah, that's true. Yep. May not like it, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. They need to invent some kind of Australian version of clothing that just is like all weather. I don't know how like you would do that. Like a convertible zipping thing, yeah. It's just like some kind of convertible something that will, yeah, like it shorts that convert True. to trousers. And I guess we could have a like jumper, like different layers. A t-shirt that inflates into a jumper. I have no yeah. idea how that would work. <laughs> cool, cool, yeah. cool. When it yeah. rains, was, it just puffs out into a... Oh, like that. Yeah. Cool, cool. The collar turns into a hat or something. I don't know, from your shirt or... Yeah, All right, just we're Aussie gonna, we're gonna have the spring survival edition. We're going to promote this for Shark Tank. There's definitely... We get yeah, that's there. right. Yeah, that's it. Shark Tank. <laughs> All right. All right. On that note, if you're new to listening to The Catholics of Oz, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to give us a five-star rating and some positive feedback so that we can hear from you and reach new people. SQPN also hosts The Catholics of Oz on YouTube. You can subscribe there. So don't forget to hit the bell to get new notifications or just notifications of when episodes are released of this show and all of the other great shows on the network. So with that in mind, let's start, team, with Faith Beyond Borders. Well, I'm actually feeling rather good about this. I think we've all arrived at a very special place, eh? Spiritually, ecumenically. How do you make somebody love you without affecting free will? Welcome to my world, son. You come up with an answer to that one, you let me know. Yes, I had to work very hard to pass Latin and theology. Oh, quite. Those are, of course, the most important things. Oh, yeah. I'd sit this one out, Cap. I don't see how I can. These guys come from legend. They're basically gods. There's only one god, man. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. I have to admit to having a very tired brain right now. So for those who, the magic of podcasting, we record on Saturday mornings and, and I'm just a little bit tired. Not, I'm not unenthusiastic because I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired because I've been doing a lot of things recently um, yep. and I haven't really yep. had a, yep. there hasn't really it's been a busy a stop time yet. of year. It's it a very been. busy time of year. Yeah. yeah. 
Goodness me, it's only one one month since um, Christmas. Oh my goodness me, what's going on? Yeah, Christmas is not that far away. It's yeah, and imagine what it's going to be when people listen to this podcast in the week. It's (laughs) getting closer, much closer. Happy Advent. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Good point, Caroline. Good point. Awesome. Yep. (laughs) Advent starts. Oh my goodness me. Yeah, in my school life, in my professional life as a teacher, uh, we had a lot of events happening. One of the biggest events is our year 12 graduation. Mm. When you picture a graduation ceremony, I don't know what you picture it and how many picture your people are there. But for us, it's um, a minimum of 1,500 people. (laughs) We use a a function room at Marvel Stadium in the city. And myself and a few colleagues, a a team of about 10, 15 people, we go there at about 10 o'clock in the morning and we set up all day. And then the ceremonies and everything start at about 6.30 p.m. And we're there till about 11 o'clock. It's a long day. That's a long day. It's, it's the one day of the year where I feel like I'm working a double shift. And, and I don't regret it, by the way, because the work we do for this, the, the graduation ceremonies, we, we include a mass, by the way, I should, say, should mention mass. Oh, yeah, there you go. Oh, I thought it was like, wow, okay, 6.30. Wow, okay. They're, they're beautiful. They're, and this year's was no exception. It was amazing. And, and I don't, I've got a topic to get to, I promise you. Mm. <laughs> I'm getting to it. And what was great was that this is one of the first ones. I'm not saying that parents don't appreciate, but this is one of the first ones where I had quite a few parents more than normal coming up to me and saying how amazing it was and how good it was and everything mm-hmm. and appreciating the mass, which was it's like, wow, are, are you sure? <laughs> you know, but no, okay. don't always get that feedback. It was, it was a really joyful mass and the ceremony itself of giving certificates. You could just see these really happy parents. It felt, this felt like a big return to normal. It's about to say, is that because of what I'm in COVID? Because a lot of um, students and teachers and staff and everything were struggling. Yeah, that's it. There's always the ups and downs, the uncertainties that COVID, even now. I know people are still recovering a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But this was, yeah, it was an amazing event. Cool. And then I took a day off. I'd already pre-planned. It wasn't a sticky. I took an actual day off to, to work from home. So I rested and took it easy and just did a bit of work. And then the next day, and this is where I'm I'm getting to, I went to an event called Proclaim 23. This was on Saturday. And I went there very tired (laughs) because I hadn't fully recovered from... Because graduation is not just the day, but it's the lead up as well. There's a lot of work. Yeah, it is the lead up as well. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. And so uh, I went there tired. Now, normally if I go to an event tired, I'll be like, oh, I really don't want to go to this. I don't want to be here. I knew that this would be a good conference to go to. And so I took my tired self and I went with a, a friend from church and, and we went along to it. And then after that, had a, a busy week. We had our year 10 transition last Thursday. And then on the night of our year 10 transition, I went to another Archdiocesan event where Did we had where, which featured Ron Huntley. Yeah, I know. I featured Ron Huntley, who we've spoken a, about before. Hey, Caroline, he's a bit of, he's a, bit of a social idea. Wow. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I don't know if it's social. <laughs> well, my school events are coming up too. Yeah. We've got a lot going on for True. Frankie. So. Wow. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. It's a busy time for schools. Yeah, end of year. Yeah. There's all this. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We had an information night this week as well. So uh, anyway, I've had a lot of nights out and none of them have been like hitting the nightlife and partying. <laughs> it's just been, I've had to go to this, had to go to that. Totally understand. Anyway, yeah, in the middle of that though, yes, I, the topic I wanted to talk about though was this conference I went to called Proclaim 23, which was run by the Archdiocese of Melbourne's Proclaim team. Now, this is the team who are helping to roll out the Take the Way of the Gospel mission initiative in the Archdiocese of Melbourne. And and I love the Proclaim team. The, all of the members that I've spoken to are just enthusiastic, spirit-filled people 
who are so open and warm and welcoming. And I can see why they have their jobs because they're very generous with their time. They're very generous with with their words and their encouragement. And so if they put on an event, I'm going to go to it. (laughs) I couldn't not go to it, even with the tiredness and the whatever else. I knew it would be good. So what happened was it was a three day event. Now I only went to one day because work and everything else. So I've linked some articles in the show notes to these, if anyone would like to, to see more about it. But the first day was actually an evening dinner and there was a keynote speech given by friend of the show, Archbishop Comensoli. So he gave a, a speech with his vision, which you can read in our show notes. And then the second day, the conference began, this was on the Friday and they had guest speakers, some prominent Aussie Catholics, as well as an import in Ron Huntley. He was there doing, doing some presentations too. And then the third day, which was the Saturday, is the day that, that I went to. And this is what I wanted to talk about today. So there were a whole lot of presentations. I, I couldn't retell everything that was presented because this would be a five-hour podcast. And <laughs> I don't want to do that to people because, again, I don't know anyone who commutes for five hours. So yeah, this, you get your week's worth out of us with a, a five-hour podcast. <laughs> but what I do want to do is focus maybe on just a couple of thoughts and maybe use one presenter as the focus for what I personally got out of it and why I thought it was a great event. So there's a keynote speech for everyone, all the delegates, then you break off to into smaller rooms for different presentations. And the presenter who who I thought really spoke to me on the day in my tired, how am I going to keep going? <laughs> there's still things to do. I've got yep. more to do. Karen Doyle, she's I think she's from New South Wales. I, I might be wrong about this. She and her husband, Robert Doyle, run a postulate which does all kinds of different things. They do leadership coaching. They do presentations for young people on human sexuality. They do all these different initiatives. They write books, they do podcasts, they're right into it. I have heard a few things that they've done. We've even used some of their materials at school, which were really good for our students. They were, they were great materials for our students on relationships and consent. They, they do it really well from a Catholic point of view, but they speak to everyone in the way that they, they do it, which was great. But this one in particular, on this particular day, Karen gave two talks that I wanted to summarize. So I went to, the one was her keynote and then one was her smaller session, which I went to. So the first one was called For Such a Time as This, and she was reflecting on the fact that we are not in the time that we're in by accident, that that God has put us in this time in the here and now to do his work, and we're not purposeless beings who are just the results of some kind of random whatever, all right, that it's a coincidence that you're here. Just saying that everyone is here. God, if God is who God says God is, then then all of our lives have a purpose. God has put us here for a reason. Now, I don't want to make this sound like some kind of a Star Wars thing where you're the chosen one and you have one thing that God wants you to do. Don't muck it up. Yeah, but it's more about it's more about openness to God in every day of our life, in the small things, maybe in the big things. Some people do big things, but also even just in the small things as well. So she, the phrase for such a time of this comes from the book of Esther, which I'll say a little bit more later on. But she was talking about how we all have challenges in our life. And if I asked you guys to think about the challenges that you've had before or have right now, we could list a whole lot. All right. Mm. I'm sure all of us have, and anyone who's listening, there is no life that doesn't have some kind of challenges. Some can be really big and very, and really difficult and they can get overwhelming and she said, and I know this from experience as well. She said, sometimes when we're challenged, the temptation is to withdraw from life, 
to step away from everything, step away from our contacts, our interests, whatever else. And she said, we just become a passive observer of our life instead. So we're like, all right, yes, it's really overwhelming. It's tough. And so we just let it happen to us. And she said that the freedom of God, and I am paraphrasing a bit and putting words in her mouth, but the, the freedom that comes from God is that we, regardless of what we're going through, we can still be active participants in our story. And that means in the difficult times as well. That's not to say that difficult time, that's all right. It's difficult. Yeah, I'm, I'm still happy. It's not, it's not saying you should be happy when things are hard, right? But what she's saying is that God empowers us to be active participants even in those times that, that, that are challenging. So I'm thinking, for example, of times where, where Caroline, like our family members have had different troubles and whatever else. And, and the temptation in my head, the temptation is to go, oh, this is really hard. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to let it happen, whatever. But, but I know that I know for me, that's the wrong thought to say, just let it happen. And I always know the better thought is despite how I'm feeling now, I need to step up and do what my family needs to do. And I can say that you guys have done that for me as well. And even Lino as friends, we've done this for each other, right? Mm-hmm. Like one of us struggles and the other steps up for that person. And for me, that's, that is the active participation, right? Is that, is that in our troubles, we step up and we work. When I say deal with it, I don't mean get over it, you fix it. There's no such thing as a quick fix for anything that we go through. Yeah, But yeah, definitely. We, do, we work our way through it, knowing that God is by our side, rather than letting it overwhelm and destroy us. And the reason why she talks about this is she's saying because this can be a powerful witness because because our God is a God of restoration. Think of Christ, his suffering, dying, rising from the dead, conquering death, and, and then setting the way for us. So God can restore even from the, the most difficult and challenging situations. So she uses the book of Esther as an analogy for this. Esther is a, a story from the Old Testament. So she's this, this Jewish girl who's described as, or, or woman, I should say, who's described as very attractive. And so she ends up in, in the service of a foreign king. And at one point, this foreign king is going to wipe out all of Israel, kill all the Jews, so destroy the Jewish nation and so on. And she has a visit from her uncle. I think Mordecai is his name. She has a visit from him and he makes the plea and says, you need to speak to the king and whatever else. And she's really, she's worried about this. And he says, maybe you were born for such a time as this. This is her, this is her action. So now she's got a choice, right? Passive observer. She's, this is a lot of turmoil, right? Now, she hasn't got one little problem. She's got the entire nation, Jewish nation, the lives of every person in her hands now. So passive observer, this is too hard. I can't deal with this. I'm, I'm going to leave it. Why is this happening to me? Why, is it, why doesn't this happen to anyone else? All those questions we ask when we're in despair, right? There's that active participant in her life. So what she does is she tells her uncle, pray and fast for three days and I'm going to do the same. And, and she does that. And she surrenders it all to God and, and eventually speaks to the king and pray everyone saved, right? And so this is the analogy, I guess, that Karen uses for, for, for what she's trying to say. So she said three things. The first thing is that when this very difficult time came for Esther, she said Esther didn't run away from adversity. She remained present to it. And what she was getting at is that, that through our relationship with Jesus and being disciples of Jesus, one of the things we do in our closeness to God is learn the grace of being present. 
It's not just something we can do, but the grace of God helps us to be present in adversity rather than let it over, overtake and overwhelm us. And we've all been overwhelmed by adversity. Don't get me wrong, because I'm not trying to say toughen up, be a hero, eat some concrete, or think of all the different things, get over it, all that kind of stuff. Uh, all I'm saying is that the grace of God helps us navigate adversity rather than let it overwhelm us. And there are days when we get overwhelmed. Fair enough, right? All of us do. That's, you know, I'm not going to pretend we don't. But, but being a disciple of Christ, one of the characteristics in our closeness to God is that we can at least navigate it and, and work our way with this thing through, it, through our life. She said that in these difficult times, one thing we can learn is the art of abandonment, she says. And in our prayer life, what she says is uh, um, it's, it can be a reminder for us to surrender our lives to God again. Like we surrender all the time, but again and again, surrender our lives to God. If we, if sometimes when people are in adversity, they go, I can deal with this on my own. I can do it all myself. And maybe sometimes they can, but not everyone can. And so what she's saying is in these moments, it's a reminder to surrender to God, right? Not some kind of God does this to you and makes your life hard so that you surrender, right? But like the, again, look at the examples of even Christ when he's praying that he surrenders to God's will. So in our most challenging times, it's a reminder to, to surrender, to give everything we have to God and say, you know, God, I know that you are going to be with me through this regardless of what's coming next. And also through this, through the way that Esther deals with this challenge, with this problem, she received her mission. She found, she discerned her mission or at least one of her missions. We all have many missions in life. And so through adversity and through surrendering to God, our mission in life can become clearer. So think, for example, this is what came to me, right? The number of people who have gone through something, something terrible that you couldn't even fathom. I don't know what I'd do if that would happen to me. And then they start a foundation or a something to help other people through that. That to me is a person who's found their mission in a very difficult time. Now, not everyone has to start a foundation, but the, but the experience of adversity might help us to, to, to have a mission in that particular area, or it might give us the strength to help other people who maybe aren't suffering in the same way as us, but who are suffering in some way, shape or form as well. So I thought that was a, a really helpful presentation, a discussion in terms of, of this idea that we're not random, we are intentional, we are an intentional thought of God, and God knows that our lives will be challenging. God didn't put us here to have a, an easy life of luxury. That would be great, I'm just saying, not complaining if that would happen, <laughs> <laughs> all right? But, but that's not the world we live in. The world is one of challenge and adversity. And, and our surrender to God will help to refine and clear up what our mission is if we choose to be disciples of Christ in, these, in the difficult times of our lives, rather than saying, I can do it all myself, or rather than saying, why is this happening to me? Why is whatever else? In fact, she said, maybe think, think to yourself, if adversity comes, rather than saying, why does this always happen to me? And it's the easy thought, all right? It it's is. the easy thought yeah, because it I do be. it. I do it all the time. Yeah, I do it all do. the time. Yeah. But, she, but she said, think me to grow. What is the area that God is going to help me grow in, in this time? So that's the first part. And I'm conscious of time. So I'll do a short summary of the next one in a moment. But just quickly, Caroline, your thoughts on that first little bit. 
Uh, I think everyone can resonate with what this um, talk was trying to, the message that was trying to be conveyed to us. We've definitely, as a family, we've definitely gone through some extremely difficult times in the recent future. And I've had some other things happen to me before that as well. And each time the first temptation, yeah, it's just to fall apart and just go, oh yeah. no, I can't believe yeah. this is happening to you. I don't know how I'm going to deal with it. Mm. My my life's over. I can't do it. Yeah. But then, especially if you're prayerful, God will talk to you and say, hang on a minute. You've mm. got things to do. You can do it. I'm here for you. I'm going to carry you during this and just leave it to me. And I found yeah. myself going, okay, look, you're right, God. I can't deal with this, but I know you can. And I'm giving it all to you. And in doing that, the situation hasn't been better, but it's something you can, and I'm not saying it was easy to get through either. No, no. But that mental, I think the mental part of it where it's just too hard to go on is lifted from you. And and then being a mum, I don't have a choice but to go on, right? <laughs> I have yeah. two very demanding, lovely, amazing boys mm, that I yeah. need to be there for. Mm-hmm. And God reminds me of that too. They look, you've got those boys. Your life yeah. isn't all for you. It's for them as well. You need to carry on for them. And that was made abundantly clear to me. And my mission was made abundantly clear to me during all of those times. So yes. And sometimes it's a struggle to be a mother. Sometimes it's hard to get that balance between what I want to do and what I need to do for my family. Definitely for me, it was like children. There's a big finger pointing to them and going there, that's your mission. You do that. And the other stuff, can come second. Yeah, yeah, totally. I can totally relate to what you were saying there, Lindsay. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, and, you know, going through those few of those things together, Lindsay, I think we supported each other as well. We've always been there for each other. Thank God we have a good close-knit family and um, God gave us to each other. I don't think we could have got through some of those things without each other, to be honest. Without each other, I agree, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. We, we needed each other to lean on and right. isn't even some things that it's not the right thing to talk about right now it's yeah, like, but yeah. there are things we're not finished we're still Skip traveling continues. our own adversities together yeah and we need each other's support and god gave yeah. us to each other to to be there like maybe one day you're down Lindsay. you call me and i'll support you and another mm. day i'll be down and i'll call you and you support me like you were saying as siblings we we're close and we can do that Yeah, I just feel like that talk by Karen Doyle, and there were so many great talks, but that one came at the right time in my tired brain there in the morning. (laughs) And she was just Mm. saying so many things that that any of us can relate to. I wasn't the only one who could relate that a lot of us could, yeah. Lena, what about yourself? Any thoughts on that topic? Yeah, look, it's our life is full of challenges, and a lot of things happen to us. All of us know each other, and our families and friends, and what's been going on. And I think I'll keep on saying to everyone who podcasts and who is listening that our Catholic faith, this is a way to make it stronger. It really challenges you. It really tests you in a lot of questions. And Jesus and God gives you an answer. Not physically, but he does give you an answer. And without yeah. the support of family and friends, it's it's a blessing. And, and I know that a lot yeah. of people don't have that. And that's the where the question is, where do they find it? And they end up finding it 
in support of others. If I was listening to that speech, it would resonate me in what was being going on in our life and with yeah. Bernard, Bernadette and yeah. I and our families yes. and all that stuff. And Lindsay said, and you guys say, you always have questions. You say to yourself, God, why are you doing this to me? Not doing to me? Why is this happening to me? Sorry, yeah, let, let me rephrase exactly. that. <laughs> it sounds bad. Why is this happening to me? What is this thing is doing to me? And Caroline said, and you guys have said, you pray and you ask God, what shall I do? Guide me ahead wherever mm. I do. And sometimes you don't realize that he is guiding you. He's got in some yeah. special way. You don't know. Yeah. And you go through everything. And that support and love is what God gives you. And yeah. a lot of us don't understand that. I'm, I, through my younger youth, that was hard. <laughs> that was hard. <laughs> it was like, yeah. Yeah, whatever, I could do whatever I want. I could do whatever I do. I could be whatever I be. But then as my, and as our faith goes stronger within ourselves, we un- understand the love of God, support of our families and friends. And then in a sense, I don't know. It, I don't know. It's bad to say you mature <laughs> in this sense. Yeah, you mature in your, it's true. you mature. Yeah. That's okay. Carol. Like you, you mature in your yeah. faith. You mature in the way life is. And with that. And I think yeah. our relationships with each other just say us three. Yes. Matures yeah. too. Exactly. We yeah. support each other through all of our things because we've done that for the, all of us. Yeah. Lino, you, me, we're all friends and we're all family. Exactly. I was just thinking yeah. as you guys were talking about all this that each of us could name something that was going on in the life of anyone in this podcast mm. right now, right? Mm-hmm. Our adversities. And that's. But the thing is as well, I could also. I could also say confidently that uh, the two of you in the challenges that you're having, you know, by extension, Bernadette, you've remained active participants in it. Mm. You haven't fallen in a heap. And I know that I've seen the despair that comes sometimes with it too. Mm. But at the end of the day, like it's, I can see how that reliance on God helps us to navigate these difficult times. And it does, uh, I can, as an observer of your lives, the two of you, mm-hmm. I can see how your mission be, has become clearer to you and to Bernadette Lino again, by extension, mm-hmm. through what I've seen you go through. And I'm sure you could say the same thing about me as well like with what we've, the adversities we're all facing. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm conscious of time, but can I very quickly just say one more thing that, that Karen talked about? Because I think this might also add a really nice footnote to what, to what we've been discussing. Thank you. You both had this beautiful witness just then. I just wanted to say, by the way. <laughs> so I went to a second, I, I now... When I signed up for these talks, because I had to do it fairly quickly, because you had to sign up before when you registered, right? So this was a couple of days before. And I'm like, yeah, actually, when I signed up, myself and then Gerard uh, Francis, who's from our church, who's the Take the Way of the Gospel coordinator with me, we both went. So we thought, let's not go to the same talks. Let's go to as many different ones as we okay. can and then compare notes, mm. because we thought, get as much as you mm. can, because one day there's only two of us. So, so I graciously gave him Ron Huntley. <laughs> I really wanted to go to Ron's one, but I thought, you know what? But I thought, you know what? I won't be selfish. I'll let him enjoy Ron. Okay, that's fair. Enough. Anyway, Ron did a keynote at the end of the day, so I still got some. Yeah, I still got Ron Huntley presentation, so I was okay. Because because when the guy when he speaks about leadership and about parish renewal, you listen because the guy just knows what he's talking about. He's very spirit filled in his presentations as well. Anyway, getting to it. So I had chosen Karen Doyle's workshop, not knowing that she was doing the keynote probably because I didn't read enough, read properly, but uh, not knowing. And her workshop was called, Are You Tired of Living a Small Story? And basically what she said was, there are things that happen in our lives, events that that happen, that 
make us, we have the, the events, the thought about it. And in our thinking, it, then the event becomes associated with an emotion. And then from there, we create a narrative, a small story, like a script, a little thing that we apply to ourselves. Oh. And that can be negative thoughts as well, though, oh, right? Yeah, true. And mm. she was talking about these are the small stories that we live and they limit our lives. So she got us all to think about everyone. And the best example I could think of when I was thinking of myself was, was early in my teaching career, I would go to meetings and it, when they opened up for what are your thoughts, whatever, I would try and speak. I'd open my mouth and someone would talk over me. <gasps> you know what I mean? And the thing is, it happened several times, right? And I developed the narrative in my mind because the feeling associated with it was a feeling of, I don't know, inadequacy, I guess is the best way to put mm. it. And so from there, the, the thought was, I don't have anything meaningful to contribute at meetings. Oh. And in fact, for a while early on, when I did actually try and speak, I would go red in the face, which was terrible. Right? It was a terrible feeling because the narrative was, I don't have anything meaningful to contribute at meetings. Right now, I worked through that. All right. I did what I knew. I wish I knew this process that she shared. But anyway, but I did work through it and I challenged that because I do challenge my thoughts anyway. Actually, that's not true. I do challenge them. However, she, she was quoting from Romans 12 too. And she said, maybe this is a good way to think about it. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And the, what she focused on was the renewing of our minds. All right. To challenge these mini narratives. And if we had time, I'd ask you guys to think about, was there a time in your life where there was an event associated with a feeling where you created a script and you felt an <laughs> adequate, right? A short answer. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. The answer is yes. Right. But essentially she said, and again, I'm shortening it right down. Here's a process that you can go through to help you challenge those narratives so that you can be living God's freedom. So she said, she said, first of all, just understand one basic thing about how the brain works. And she talks about neuroplasticity and the idea that the brain is not a fixed and static thing. It is capable of change and okay. you can change your mindset. Yeah. Your mindset yeah. on things can be changed. That's the first thing. So if you understand how the brain works, then she said, when you encounter a limiting thought, this could be during prayer. This could be sometimes we have internal thoughts. You think, oh, this one, whatever it is that you say, that thought. She said, capture it, hold it captive, right? And put it on trial. This is the way she said, right? Put it in front of a judge and jury and judge it. And she said, when you do that, here's the question when you put it on trial. Put it in the box on the stand and ask it, are you 100% true? Oh. Are you? Are you true? All right? Lindsay, when you say... You have nothing to contribute yeah. that's meaningful at meetings. Is that actually true? Because we know the answer, and I know the terrible truth, that it's not true, right? It's not a true thought. It's a mini narrative script that's been created because of an event, because of an emotion that I had at some point in my life earlier on, right? And if I can go back to my childhood and think of some of these things, and I'm sure all of us Yeah, could, right? definitely. So, I'll put a lot of on trial. Yeah. There'll be a lot of lawyers involved in this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right, yeah. Thankfully, you don't have to pay these lawyers because it's an internal thing in prayer, right? And prayer, thankfully, is free, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So if it's not 100% true, is it benefiting me or limiting me? And 100%, it's limiting me. Okay. It's limiting my life. Oh, right, yeah. And limiting what I could be capable of doing. So she said, in that case, then think, why would you want to believe in a thought that's not true about you? That's, it becomes a vice for you. Why choose to believe it? And then she said, Imagine a better story then, a better narrative. 
right? A better line or a better script. Like for example, I know that if I work on it, I will have something better to contribute at meetings. And wow, I actually do have important things to say at meetings. You know what I mean? And it could be other things as well. Like some, maybe once, some one time you were young and someone said you're clumsy and reinforce that and you always think that you're clumsy or that you're stupid or you're not smart enough. People say I'm not smart enough. No, it's true though. They wow. say I'm not smart enough. I'm not this enough. Wow. I'm not that enough. Yeah. But, but she says, question it. Be forensic. Where did it come from? Where did it come from? Because maybe it came from someone who wasn't good for you or who said something they shouldn't have said to you. Maybe it came from a, an experience that you had, but most likely it, it didn't come from a place that was true. So she went through that thing and she said, so pray into that, ask God to be part of it. And she said, when we imagine a better narrative for ourselves, what we are doing is our, we are working our way into the freedom that God has for us. And she said, God's story is a bigger story and we can have more impact in his kingdom by challenging his limiting thoughts. So we can have more impact on people. We can have a better influence over the people around us by working our way into the freedom that God has for us. And again, like the previous part, we can do it through prayer and reliance on God and surrender to God. But she said, capture them, hold them captive, put them on trial, find out where they came from. If they're not 100% true, it's time to develop a new script, a new narrative about yourself. And she talks about how she said, I would never be a public speaker. And now she has a business where all she does is public speaking. She hated public speaking. Yeah. And again, any of us could think about this and we could, I'm sure we could talk about it too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, again, I'm always conscious of time. So I'm going to put a full stop on that there. And Caroline, we're going to move over to you because it's time to talk about science. Ah, What a fine day for science. You have any hobbies? I collect spores, molds, and fungus. Can you reverse the polarity? I'll do my best. So speaking of things that are going on in our brains, Caroline, <laughs> you've oh. got this great story about how starfish are just, just brains, right? To be specific. Is that how yes. it works? Yes. And I guess by extension, they're filled up by a brain. Yeah. So over to you, Caroline. Yeah. So oh, look, I brain. couldn't help yeah. but talk about this when I read this article. So let's just get into it. So <laughs> we know about our starfish. They are marine animals. They're shaped like a star or something that we perceive that looks like a star. Starfish are invertebrates and they belong to the group called echinoderms and they're related to sea urchins and sea cucumbers. Echinoderms as a group are defined as animals that have a spiny skin which is calcified and can help them deter predators from eating them. Echino is from the Greek derived word meaning spiny and derm from the Latin for skin. There you go, mm-hmm. echinoderm. Skin, yeah. Echinoderms have a five-part, or they call it a pentamerous radial symmetry. So the symmetry goes five ways. Wow. They've got an internal skeleton, and they've got a water vascular system, which derives from their central cavity. So their general appearance of echinoderms, they can range from that of a stemmed or flower-like sea lily to the worm-like burrowing sea cucumbers or the ones that we often think about first is the heavily armoured starfish or sea urchins. Yeah. Starfish. Today we're going to talk about the starfish specifically. And starfish, as we all probably all know, inhabit 
the world's oceans. They can be found in tropical coral reefs or rocky shores or rock pools. And isn't it the best when you go to a rock pool and you actually find a starfish? It's the best thing ever. Rock yes. pools are fun anyway, but then you find a starfish. Yeah, it's like the best. Yeah, Love rock pools. And yeah. I know. Oh, Look at us I geeking out over rock pools. I think everyone in the pools. world can relate <laughs> so cool. when you're at a rock pool and what you find in there. It, exactly. It's, it's a, whole a whole world. world. <laughs> whole new world. Yeah. And starfish can also be found in the mud and sand and they can mm. be found in kelp and sea grass forests and also, the deep sea floor down to about 6,000 feet or, sorry, 6,000 metres or 20,000 yeah. feet, which is quite far oh. down. Now, the role of starfish in the environment yeah. is to scavenge decaying matter on the sea floor. They prey upon a variety of small organisms, which helps to regulate the numbers. And they also produce a large number of larvae oh. that also provide food for other organisms. Now... Let's speak a little bit more scientifically about this quirky little animal that we all know and love. So usually when we look at a starfish, we see a star-shaped animal. And I'm not even sure if I've thought specifically about its shape in too much detail, but now since reading this article, I really have. So we think about a starfish having five arms usually. Say we call them arms, so five arms. We know it's got a little mouth and that's about Mm. it. But where's its head? Like where is Mm -hmm, the starfish head? mm Actually, yeah. it turns out that the starfish <laughs> is actually a head, <laughs> right? It's it, a starfish is a head. Okay. Wow! So it's, yeah, the, it's a head. So wow, according so cool. to an article yeah. published in the journal Nature, which was published on the first of November two thousand and twenty-three, mm-hmm. a group of scientists decided to do some genetic studies to investigate the body plan of the starfish and how it evolved this way. Most animals are bilaterally symmetrical, which means the body can be divided in two identical halves. So if you divided yourself into two halves, you'd have mm. a leg and an arm on both sides, half your mm-hmm. head, so you'd have your you'd be identical on both sides. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Now starfish as gotcha. well as sea yeah. anemones and sand dollars I learned to is a flat burrowing sea urchin. I don't know if I've really known about them before. They have a radial symmetry, which means they have identical segments that radiate out from a single point. Starfish have a symmetry that allows them to be divided into five segments, right? So now there are genes that will determine an animal's body plan that usually code for a bilateral plan. But for starfish, the genes have evolved to move away from the bilateral body plan to the five-way body plan. That's what I'm calling it. During the development of an animal from the time it begins to grow, there are genes that instruct the tissues to form a head, but it can result in different anatomy in, in species, which we'll see here. So in animals such as a starfish, which seems to use these genes it can be hard to determine which part of the animal is the head versus the trunk and the tail because it's not always obvious. Oh, so in yeah. a starfish, it's mm, been mm. found that the genes coding for the head are actually involved in the development of the starfish nervous system and skin rather than the head with a brain, as would be the normal in most other animals. And actually the head is the whole of the starfish. In this study... Locate the parts of the starfish body where head coding genes are active. Researchers compared the genetic markers in a small sea star with the species of an acorn worm, which is closely related to the starfish, that has a well-studied genome. 
the team of scientists performed the study were able to create a 3D map of the genes from the starfish arms. So what they found is that the genes expressed in the head of the acorn worm were actually found in the starfish skin that that covered the entire body and were expressed more in the centre of each arm. And there was no genetic coding at all for a trunk or the torso for the starfish. So scientists have determined from the genetic study that starfish is actually a head-like animal, (laughs) completely covered in head cells, right? Wow. Uh, One of the scientists of the study, Chris Lowe from Stanford University, said that the study shows that rather than losing their head, they're almost entirely head and they've actually lost their trunk. It was thought (laughs) that in the science of biology that the starfish actually lost their heads. But the study is showing the opposite. They've lost their trunk, right? Yeah, that's it. Get rid of it. (laughs) So millions of years ago, animals like this, the starfish, sea cucumbers and sea urchins, used to have a bilateral symmetry. But today their larvae, which are still actually bilateral, develop into the five-axis structure that we see today. So at some point in time, they evolved to be their current shape and structure. So usually there is an evolutionary advantage to changing. Perhaps they needed to adapt to a different environment to gain a food source. The food source could have changed. Maybe the bilateral structure was no longer useful and was phased out. And usually what happens is, the animal that is able to survive in an environment is the one who gets to live, gets to produce offspring, and therefore the next generations yeah. of the species. This makes sense. So mm. if an animal has changed genetically, then these changes are passed on to offspring as well. It's just natural selection another thing that I wow. evolution, natural selection, awesome stuff. So yep. <laughs> we could get that's, that's a whole say, that, yeah, that could be a whole yeah. topic on itself. <laughs> oh wow. So So the research group (laughs) next planned to look Uh at ancient fossils to see if they can find earlier starfish structures. Yeah, to see if they can find the trunks and tails may have actually been lost. And then perform studies on other echinoderms to see if this pattern of being mostly a head extends to them as well. Yeah, evolution or changing of a species as it adapts is something really fun to think about. Amazing, really interesting area of studies. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Is there a fossil? Yeah, fossils of earlier starfish that. So it's the same with all science. You ask a question. You get some answers, but you've got to ask more questions. Mm-hmm, yeah, it always yeah. finds out. You, yeah. So, and the more you learn that Definitely. way too. So there you go. Starfish covered yeah. in head cells. So mystery. It's so good. That's amazing. Can you imagine that? All these like sea creatures are having a conversation in terms of the starfish and says, you've got a good, good head. head. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Isn't it cool? Just a good head. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You've just got a good head. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's amazing. That's, that is amazing, guys. It's a creature yeah. adapting to survive, and it's what is it? Yeah, is it an so evolution, Caroline? Would you say yeah, over time? It? So it would have, like I was saying, it may have just needed to change itself, or the ones that were more like Ex- that survived better in the environment, and yeah. so those were the ones who lived because mm. they were able to get their food yeah. source and live in that environment better than the ones that didn't have a certain advantage. And they're the ones that wow. lived and they're the ones that procreated yeah. and made more starfish like them. And so starfish would have eventually yeah. all become that way. So the, the ones that were, had the advantage that lived. 
I mean, you. Wow. I mean, I I love the star, Darwin's study. Say when you know he was in the Galapagos Islands and he saw. So everyone knows about Darwin's mm-hmm. finches, mm-hmm. like it's one of the first things you learn about in biology. And he noticed that there were finches that all looked similar, but their beak shapes were different. And they had all adapted to a food source in a different part of the island. So some would eat seeds, some would eat invertebrates, some would eat also. And they're the ones that were able to live in that specific, they developed specifically for that area because of the beak shape. And they're the ones that lived able to live and produce offspring and they had the big beak ones, little beak ones, and they were all in that they adapted specifically for where they live and for the food source that's in the area. Yeah, same thing has happened. There's some advantage to being segmented five ways and being ahead and not needing a torso. They just (laughs) crawl their head arms around and are able to just eat food in that area exactly. and mm. they don't need a tail they don't need a body they just need to be Crazy. a head with yeah. a mouth and they eat no. and yeah there you go my <laughs> friends all i need is five appendages to be made of head cells and a mouth and i'm good to go <laughs> i'm good they're good that's it so yeah imagine doing this kind of wow. study on other animals as well other weird kind of creatures that mm. are in specific niches and imagine yeah, yeah. what we'd find <laughs> with that <laughs> it's fascinating that's brilliant yeah yeah as a footnote to this conversation caroline i just learned yes. today from you yeah. about sand dollars and acorn worms yeah. i had no idea yeah. but, uh, yeah. i just i was just googling them while you were talking like wait <laughs> wow first heard about yeah. sand dollars on that game Oh, an Animal Crossing, because <laughs> you can collect shells off the beach and <laughs> one of them is sand dollars. I'm like, I've never heard of that, but right. now I know what they are. Sand dollars? Yeah. So cool. No. We don't, I don't think we've got them here. Like Why not? In Australia. Cool. Not that I know of. I don't think oh, we've Australia, come across no. them in the beach. I know okay. about maybe other people yeah, in Australia yeah, have so. come across yeah, them, but good, I don't think yeah. we have anyway. But yeah, there you go. Good one. Oh. All right. Yeah, that was awesome. We come up with these strange topics sometimes. That this, one was, that's right up there with was, some of the ones that you and I have. Oh, yeah. no, but that was yeah. so good. Thank you, Caroline. Yeah. I'm, I'm still thinking about the evolution of a starfish and any kind of creature that yes. is trying to evolve yes. itself to that, survive. Yes. This topic of adaptation, natural selection, all of that, it's extremely fascinating Mm. and it's something you can sit there and think about and you just want to learn more. And that's what got me into biology. Mm -hmm. I just love that kind of thing. It's up there with galaxies and stars and (laughs) all of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. definitely, definitely. Mm. I'm going to say it. A starfish is just ahead is right up there with Roman concrete. I'm just going to say, Lena, just, Uh yeah. Totally. Maybe just a little ahead, I reckon. <laughs> that is it. Is. Get it? it. Yeah. A little ahead. <laughs> yeah. 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 Gotcha. All right. With that, on that note, let's move on and let's we'll have a brief chat about entertainment. I don't know where you get your delusions, laser brain. It's not what we came here to do. No. It's what I'm going to do. I have a plan. You've got a plan. I have part of a plan. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? All right, guys, give me your elevator pitch what, in, in 30 seconds or less. Okay, what? The Sims that is on your 
desktop computer or your laptop. It's not a Switch game oh, or yes. any of those. I think no. I've been playing The Sims for, I don't know, a very long time. It's a game I go to and come go away from and come back to. Usually it's a summer game for me. I'm not sure why, but I enjoy playing it in the summer. And okay. with these yeah. Black Friday, go, 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 go. thank you, Americans, Black Friday sales. This, yes. uh, but they've come to Australia and... <laughs> was totally bombarded, like it was ridiculous yeah. this year. Yeah, we're bombarded by that. So commercialized, no. but wow, okay. This Maybe year it is big and, <laughs> and the mansion packs for Sims reduced quite a lot. Cool. So I was able to get a couple and really enhance my love for enhance the Sims and enhance my love for playing the Sims. So yes, there you go. That's my one. Cool, cool. <laughs> nice one. Uh, Cyber Monday. Friday. What's the Monday yeah. now called? So yeah, Black Friday. Tech Tuesday. Oh, Cyber Monday. Tech Tuesday, is it? <laughs> and <laughs> yes. then my one is what 100%. have I done Wednesday, I reckon, is yeah. by the time you spend yeah. all that money. Yeah, so, yeah that's yeah. A, yeah. So I'm not, but I think we finished Jack Ryan. Yeah, sorry, my, we finished Jack Ryan, which is good. It's a good series. It's a good series. Watched, yeah. I don't know if I mentioned it from oh, we watched the watching the cricket. <laughs> the one day in the World Cup in in India. I stayed up and watched that because it was getting very exciting. Yeah. And yeah, I it was worth it. It was worth it. <laughs> yes. uh, India, great team to watch. And and the yeah. whole tournament was great. I was I must admit, I was rooting for New Zealand to beat India. It was India or South Africa? Oh, I can't remember which one it was. So it would be Australia versus New Zealand match. No, India, whoever the opponent was, too good for them. But India were very yeah, good. Definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, yeah, that's a little bit better. Yeah, that was yeah. for us. Yeah, sport and um, movies. Yeah. <laughs> TV series. Movies, yeah. Yeah, Jack Ryan. So that the, was it the fourth season, but it's the last one that's as correct. well, isn't it? Yeah, just correct. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes. basically, this is a very yeah. prequel. So it's a this is a when he was yes. very young. So I just... Clicked yes. into that one. Were they and extending it to his thing? But no, this is before the Harrison Ford um, <laughs> movies. His storytelling, storytelling yes, yeah. of it, what's going on. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm, I've only watched one or two episodes of the last mm-hmm. and just let it go, but I, I do want to watch it at some point. So yeah, yeah no, good tip. Mm-hmm. It's always been, it's been great all the way through. You won't be disappointed by that series. No, no. As far as I can remember anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Really quick one for me. Damien played another tennis tournament, Yay. so he's had some ups and downs. So oh, had a few recent losses, and yeah, yeah, which is part of the journey. That's right. So, that's yeah. right. So that's right. Yeah, you fail, you go back to the drawing board, you try again. That's so the last one he played, he actually won after a couple of setbacks. He managed to win it, which was great. Come on. However, he made a deal with Dad. Sorry, that was like yeah, that's Leighton it. Hewitt, then. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, Leighton Hewitt. <laughs> but he said to me, "Dad, if I win, can you buy me Mario Tennis on Switch?" Whoa! And uh, so you don't tell that to thought, your coach right. or your. He did that, that to me, right? Yeah, but I, yeah. I think but there's I thought, you know something what? for winning. Okay, yeah. I thought okay. as motivation, okay. you've, he's been through a slump. If you win this one, all right, let's make a big deal out of it. I'll buy you Mario Tennis, and he won it. So seventy dollars later, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Amazon. yeah, yeah, yeah. Black Friday sales. There you go. <laughs> yeah, no, but I want the digital copy. I don't know why. I don't know why the digital copy is more expensive than the physical yeah, one. Considering, yeah. I don't yeah, understand anyway, that either. Yeah. It's a collector's edition. Oh, yeah. I think it's the convenience. I know yeah, that's. Convenience. That's correct. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, it's convenience. However, now that he has and is loving Mario Tennis, I decided to have a go, and I actually am really enjoying Yay. it a lot. It's a great game. Do, do you need tennis things? No, you can use you the normal use controllers. The controllers. Oh, yeah, right. you can use one. So you can do the the, the Nintendo Wii 
Yeah. Yeah. I remember those things, days. Yeah, they've got yeah. a mode for that. Yeah. yeah. But that mode is scarily accurate, actually. Oh, really? so, um, wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Much more Nintendo Wii version. Yeah. But you can also play the good old controller. Uh, it works just. Cool, cool. And it's got the usual Mario antics. So it's not just your regular tennis. There's going to be explosions. There's going to be oh, uh, like creatures running across the, <laughs> the tennis court oh, while you're playing and obstacles in the yeah. way. Yeah. Challenges. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Except, yeah, these ones don't get arrested though. Yeah. And it's got this story mode, which is cool as well, where Mario goes on this adventure and you've and all of the fights the boss battles the whatever the challenges are tennis matches in some kind of way or hitting tennis balls to knock things over or Mm. yes so it's it's quite entertaining and then obviously the multiplayer is yeah that would have been yeah absolutely cool yeah it's great so damien and i we're very competitive when it comes to nintendo games or any game we're always trying to really try and beat each other it's it's all about it's i'm sorry to say but it's all about pride with me and david it's like about about who can flex (laughs) that word flex you gotta flex we played two singles games two sets and and he won the first game and i won the second game so we're dead even which is exactly what happened the last time we played mario kart we were dead even with each other so it's very competitive, yeah. So that's also, yeah, the multiplayer on it is really good as well. Cool, cool. All right, so with that in mind, I think it's time we put a, a cap on it right there. Put a cap on the head of Dead. the starfish. <laughs> imagine, I'm just trying to imagine a starfish with a hat. Ouch. It'd just disappear, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, that'd be so It'd cool. have to be yeah, like exactly. a full beanie. Like a beanie. You know. <laughs> oh, is there a star, yeah, yeah. A starfish oh, with beanie. a beanie. Yeah. Yeah, like, it'd be all covered. Yeah. A bit like a yeah. glove, but with, mm. yeah. No, no. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get a stitched on my jacket and on the back of it. Starfish, starfish glove. Yeah. Glove starfish. <laughs> Sounds like an independent um, rock, rock right. band there. Starfish yeah. glove. Starfish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Heavy metal band starfish, starfish club. <laughs> yeah. Are you a starfish? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, I love you, Caroline. Love starfish. It's our new podcast. Starfish. starfish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much for joining us for whatever that was at episode 110 <laughs> of the Catholics of Oz. Before we go, we'd love to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us uh, to create and continue with the Catholics of Oz. And today we would love to thank Sarah O, Jonathan H., Leah H, Ben H, and Christian G. Through their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give, they make it possible for the Catholics of Oz and all of the great shows on StarQuest uh, to continue. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And if you can't give, that's okay. Keep us in your prayers. Your prayers are just as important, and we do appreciate any prayer that comes our way. So thank you so much for that. And know that you're in our prayers too. We'd love to know your thoughts about the topics that we've discussed today. Send any feedback by visiting sqpn.com slash oz, where you can find our show notes and links for the things that we've discussed today. You can also learn more about what's happening with your favorite shows on StarQuest by signing up to the Insiders Club newsletter, sqpn.com slash about slash newsletter. And you can also find more about the network and our shows on our socials, facebook.com slash StarQuest Media. Now it's X, so at SQPN, StarQuest Media on Instagram. I think I've covered most of them. Anyway, search for StarQuest on your favorite social and we may or may not have something there. (laughs) And don't forget that we have our own Facebook page for Catholics of Oz, facebook.com slash Catholics of Oz, spelt O-Z, where you can uh, join us and talk about our latest episodes there. And also flick us an email. Catholics of Oz at sqpn.com. And I forgot to mention StarQuest Discord, sqpn.com slash Discord. Catch up with all of the uh, people who listen there um, and enjoy. That's a free service, so you don't need to be a patron to join that one. So thank you so much, Caroline, for enlightening us on the topic of Starfish. I love that one. But thank you for being part of today's episode as well. Always. It's fun. Thank you. 
and Lino Sabol. Thank you too. Thank you very much, guys. Yep. Oh, another awesome episode. I'm still bl- so blown about the Faith Beyond Borders topic and also the starfish. That's like, it's amazing. Evolution. Yeah. You just come across I'm some turn amazing you an topics. Evolutionary biologist. Oh, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Right. Yep. I, I wonder if a starfish has the capacity to capture negative thoughts and put them that on trial is, and realize whoa. that that thought is yeah. Yeah, I like I it. They're all head, right? Yeah. So the they're all head cells. So. I like that. Yeah. 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 Nice yeah. one. I'm not going to ponder that. <laughs> I know. I was still thinking. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I was thinking about yeah. it. <laughs> and once again, I'm Lindsay Sand. Thank you so much for joining us for episode 110 of the Catholics of Oz on StarQuest. Here's another podcast on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy. The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows. Find it wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash secrets. We'd like to thank Patrick McCaffrey of Moonshadow Studios for editing this episode. To have your audio edited professionally and with care, check out more of Patrick's work at moonshadowstudios.biz. That's moonshadowstudios.biz.